here on FabRadioInternational.com and on your podcast server, if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes or whatever. Uh, we are the Mancunian Candidates and we're here to talk about politics and what's going on in our world, that's the UK, and what's going on in the States. But at the moment, um, it all seems to be going on here in the UK. And joining me, as always, uh, my compatriot, my... I was thinking like a cowboy. Cowboys in Indians, but they didn't really get under did they? No, they did. Well. They, no, they, no, they, they were murdering wrong. each other. Well, perhaps really. it is cowboys and Indians. It, 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 it certainly it gets is. that way. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, my friend Mike Royce. Uh, I'm Paul Ripley. And this week, well, Mike, where do we start? Well, it's a mess, isn't it? What a, what a mess it is as well. A, it's took a lot of a lot of bad decisions and a lot of mismanagement and confusion to end up in a situation where the future of our constitution in this country has played out that badly that the courts have had to get involved to sort it out. Um, Normally you would think that our country, our politicians that we elected could handle this and not, well, for want of a better phrase, take the piss, not do anything illegal to the point where they get pushed into court but and, are, are, they're, and they're, they're validity questioned. Are we in such a situation though it will never be sorted and it takes something like a, a, this extreme to actually get it sorted? Well, this this actually is a question that needed answering and you've got the same thing playing out over in the States but that is pretty it's holding up quite well under Donald Trump. He's getting away with a lot of of uh, Mickey taking over the emoluments clause and he's making a lot of money for himself that he's not supposed to. But on some of the more radical things that he's tried to just ram raid through with executive orders, the courts have just completely blocked him and he's found that his power is not unfettered. He has a, a, a representative <coughs> called Steve Miller and uh, early on about a week, two weeks into uh, his his reign of terror, if you, that's the best way of putting it, it, as their new president, Trump was issuing executive orders and he tried to get the, the Muslim ban through. And Steve Miller, who who is a white nationalist, he, he famously, uh, what a lovely guy this is, he famously held a march and a rally for the, uh, while he was at university, to insist that the cleaning staff extended their uh, working hours so that they would clean the dorm rooms as well. Mm. What an asshole. So you've got that guy, and he said, uh, when the power of the president was called into question to issue these orders, he said the power of the president to legislate cannot be questioned. So he said he's basically the ultimate authority, he's above the law and can't be questioned, and ever since then... He's been proved that that is not the case and he's been blocked left, right and centre. Now, this is the same thing. Boris Johnson thinks 
because he's got his own lunatics with him and he's got one particular lunatic in number 10, Dominic Cummings. And Dominic Cummings is another Steve Bannon, another Stephen Miller. He's a New World Order guy, mm. wants to wreck everything, re- rebuild it from the ashes in, in a better way, one that suits him. So he's basically told him that his power... Is, is unfettered. He said he's told Boris Johnson in no uncertain terms <coughs> you can suspend Parliament when something isn't going your way so that you can shut down the discussion and get your way. You can literally run the country as a banana republic. And he's done it. Now the question is, is what what is the power of a Prime Minister? Is he allowed to do that? Does he have the power to do that? I would argue if the court find that he has got the power to do this god help us all then then there really is no limit to what a prime minister can do i mean he can he can he can come in decide to implement something unpopular and then dissolve parliament for two years he could do that so this is a very very important ruling it's very very important and and it's going to shape the conclusion of this will be tomorrow won't it it should be tomorrow it should have been before Mm. it should have been we should have known by the time we're doing this show but Mm. unfortunately the government has put up a very very steadfast defense and they they have brought in witness after witness everybody thought this would be a day and a half and it's not it looks like it's going to be three to four days so yeah we should hear tomorrow Right, let's have a listen to Nigel Farage because we've got a guest on the phones after this little clip. This is Nigel doing what he does, um, celebrating in a weird and wonderful, no, sorry, the wrong word, terrible way. We put ourselves entirely in your hands. We put ourselves indeed at your mercy. And I would suggest that events that we've seen across Europe this week do not indicate that good faith exists. I'm, of course, referring to the pipsqueak Prime Minister of Luxembourg, who set out to ritually humiliate a British Prime Minister in the most astonishing way, only to be greeted like a hero by President Macron at the Elysee Palace yesterday. And it's very clear to me that keeping us trapped inside this was the objective of Barniers from the start, to keep us inside, and you said it this morning, to keep us inside the customs union. And we've seen from other speakers today, the fear is that the UK breaks out of the customs union, breaks out of single market rules, and we become more competitive, and we become much wealthier outside the European Union than within it. Mr Verhofstadt, we want no part of your European empire the only way forward now to deliver on the referendum is for a clean break Brexit. Once we've done that, we'll have a grown-up conversation about trade and about the way forward. Thank you. Well, Mike, um, to me, it's quite clear that, um, you know, people like him uh, and they're in the European courts, we're just going to be hated. I mean, when it's all over and done with, wherever we end up, it's destroying our professional reputation, and and there's no other way of putting it. The guy is destroying our professional reputation. He's destroying our our, our goodwill abroad. I mean, it, people hate us in Europe now. You know, yeah. if, if France, they particularly well, they've always been a little bit prickly, which is a bit unfortunate when you think about the fact that we actually uh, did do them a favour in 1945, but. Uh, I don't blame them for, for hearing him coming out with words like that. I mean, why? why Pipsqueak. What an arsehole. 
coming out with that, Pipsqueak. calling him that. Well, I'll tell you something. At least he's not a, a bloody coward who ran away because everybody was chanting. There were two podiums there. He took the podium. Oh, Boris Johnson, yeah. Boris Johnson yeah. ran away. Yeah. Boris Johnson ran away because 50, and that's all there were, 50 protesters well, were this, outside the gates this, chanting. This morning uh, Coward. at NHS Hospital, he's got some grief as well by a person. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen it. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. Uh, on the phones, we've got a caller. Uh, do you want to introduce the caller? We yes, know this is a good friend of ours, and uh, he's been... Well, a good a good colleague to uh, bounce back and forth and chat with on social media. We've met quite a few times with, uh, and he's been on a similar journey with Labour throughout the years. And I just thought it'd be nice to get Mr. David Galdard on to have a little chat. And I think Paul wants to uh, ask some well, questions because yes. you've been watching some of the things David said as well, haven't That's you? Social media. So with the magic of the uh, buttons in front of me and this mixing desk and these screens, hopefully. We should have David Gellar out there. Are you there, David? Hello, chaps. Are you okay? You're coming through loud and clear. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's quite difficult where you are at the moment, but yeah, um, I'm real pleased you're on the show. Oh, I'm happy to be on it. I've been listening for a long time and I've been in, enjoying your chats. Enjoy- and Our chats. <laughs> Getting a bit heated at the moment, though, aren't yeah, they? Heated. Now, just to put, put in place, you, you are a Labour supporter and a for a period of time, a Corbyn supporter as well. That's right, yeah. I mean, I've always been Labour. I mean, I was, I'm one of those people from the north of England, working class. I was brought up in a Labour-supporting family. You know, my granddad back in the 60s was a shop steward. And as a kid, I was I was quite politically aware. You know, you grow up seeing the Falklands and the, the miners' strike and um, Clause 28 and the poll tax riots. So always, always been totally Labour. I would never vote for anyone else, well, up until recently in the European elections where I didn't vote for Labour. Um, so what are you, yeah. where are you at now then, David? Very soon we're going to have an election. We know that, don't we? Yeah. So, so what, where, where is your head at now? What do you want to do? Are you going to join Liberal? Oh, God, no. So what are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you this. In the European elections... I held my nose, and it wasn't a pleasant experience. I voted Lib Dem when Vince Cable was leader. Yeah. I voted Lib Dem as a kind of protest vote uh, because I am so unhappy with the Labour Party. Now, obviously, since then, Joe Swinton's uh, become leader of the Lib Dems. And if you look at her voting record, it ain't great. Uh, this she is, is a disgrace. It's the statue is, as well that, that got me with her. <laughs> me too. Um She's, she's a Tory in all but name. She really is. I mean, and the, Vin, I'm with you on Vince Cable, by the way. Not sorry to interrupt. I just thought I he was the person that when the coalition was being formed on the night with Nick Clegg and all the going backwards and forwards, he begged Nick Clegg to do that that deal with Labour because he said if we, he he gave him advice and he said to to Nick Clegg, if you do this, the voters may never forgive us for getting in bed with these guys because he they, he had no. You've seen what he stands for, the sort of person he is. He's Again, he, he's Labour in name only, Vince Cable. And this is yeah, the problem. That's, that's right. But a lot of these Etonians seem to have the, a lot of interest in the Lib Dems at the moment, don't they? They do. So there's absolutely no way I'd ever vote for the Lib Dems. I'd never vote Tory. I'd, I'd never uh, vote for anyone right-wing. Uh, so I'm going to have to hold my nose and vote Labour. And... 
the main reason why I'm going to do that, because I can't stand Mr Corbyn, uh, the main reason I'm going to do that is to try and protect our NHS from Donald Trump. And hopefully, you know, there will be some social justice changes. Um, I hope that we can get rid of Mr Corbyn afterwards, deal with that problem later on. But that's the only way... I feel if I don't vote, I'm wasting my vote, and I, I'm not sticking up for what mm. I believe in. Well said. Well said. Um, I agree with that. But, Jeremy Corbyn, um, what can I say? <clears throat> well, let's let's look at the Liberals, first of all, um, with, with the way you're on the phones. Uh, and they, I think, have played a quite a canny game by saying, forget the second referendum, we're, we're for staying in. And they, well, they've got a clear message. But the problem with Labour has been... It's been an unclear yeah, message. Yeah, have you seen what Murdoch's done today? Murdoch and Sky News, they, they interviewed a Rigby, um, their political analyst, interviewed Swinson yesterday, mm. got her to say all this, and then she said, well, you're... Uh, she then accused Swinson and said, well, you are then undemocratic. You're not liberal yeah, Democrats absolutely. because you're destroying yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, well, today they've done an opinion piece, and Sky, it's all over the the news it's all over it basically saying that uh, she's yes they've made her out to be the the remainer nigel farage she's the basically the nigel farage of remainers is yeah. how they that's how they've patched think, her today i think it's a clever move i really do think because she will attract voters oh she, she will, will attract like labor voters mm. she will because they'd only see the headlines don't they this is for remaining. I want to vote for that because I don't believe with all the. I'm sick to death of the fight, the war, the civil war that's going on, mm. uh, and I want to support that. And I think she will take Labour votes away, no question. And she will take Tory votes. See the problem with tearing up our, uh, the um, just tearing the article up and just going forward and going right. We're ignoring the referendum. We're staying in. There'll always be people who moan and groan. If you do have a second referendum, it does. It does pass in a clear to yes, best, that's it? in a clear world, but we don't live in that world anymore, Mike. We live in a Trump world, a Boris Johnson world, where it's all headlines. That makes sense. So I want to bring this up to David as well. And regarding Corbyn, you supported Corbyn, but you changed. Uh, and why, in particular, did you change allegiance? Um, it happened really over a period of time. I mean, you know, on Facebook, you sometimes get your memories. Uh, you know, your previous. Facebook statuses from years gone by. And the ones from 2015 that just make me cringe now. Um, and I feel quite embarrassed that I was taken in by it. Uh, we just lost an election with Ed Miliband. Uh, and I didn't know a lot about He was him. wonderful. I liked Ed Miliband, I'll be honest. Um, Corbyn, I just... I knew he was one of the sort of backbenchers. I'd heard, heard him speak a few times... I obviously didn't have the knowledge of him that Mike has. Uh, and he, he, you know, he came out with this great tagline, um, for the many and not for the few. Now, I work in education. I've also worked uh, with young offenders. And we'd, by that time, we'd had five years of austerity. And that, that was enough. You know, it's obvious that by this time, that there needs to be a massive change in this country. There needs to be some social justice brought back. Um, and, yeah, I, w I was happy to support Mr Corbyn. And then you could see when it came to his first Prime Minister question times, he was really, really weak. Um, 
it almost reminded me of, and American listeners won't know this reference, but there was a TV show called Points of View, where yeah. basically elderly people would write in a moan about things that were on the telly. Yeah. And that's what what his Prime Minister's Question Time reminded me yeah. of. Barry Tucker, remember that show. <laughs> yeah. It was like Miss, Mrs. Mary Potts from Bigglesweight writes in, and yeah. she's not happy with... And I thought, God, it didn't work, that did it? It was. It, it made me cringe when he was doing it. Was it. Awful. And within weeks of that, there was a budget, and then John McDonnell, who's another person again, who's been promoted way above his intellect, way that above is, his ability, and he pulls the red book out, and I'm, I'm, he's pulling, he's waving Mao's red book, and and it was, they were, they were just so easy to demolish. But I mean, the Tory, the Tory bench were screaming, laughing. And I remember that um, Chancellor then just goes, "Oh, it's his own signed copy." <laughs> you know, it's this is what this is the problem. Yeah, and I, the only reason I was so down on him from the beginning was I didn't believe it changed, and I spent a little bit of time with him, and I thought, "Christ, what an asshole this guy is." He was so awful to be around, and I, I thought. That is not somebody that's going to be able to work well with other people, and that was my only criticism at the time. I thought it'd be bad, but you had a few others there. It, again, Andy Burnham was the front runner before he stepped up, and Andy Burnham has been. And I promote. I was supporting him. I put an event on trying to fundraise for him, and he's been really weak as mayor of Manchester, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that one, to be honest. You know, but so, a question, a question so I who would have been a good leader out of that lot? I yeah, don't know, but absolutely. I think the problem with Corbyn is but, uh, he raised expectations, but, but uh, he created Mike, a cult of personality. He had a clear ideas, though. Now, is there any policy... <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, that he borrowed from a manifesto absolutely. from 20 years earlier. David, he ran the 1983... I'm talking to David. Okay. Oh, all right, then, go on. Right, David, go on. Uh, what, what policies do you disagree with that um, he's brought out? What policies? Mm. Well, the main one has to be Brexit. His support of Brexit and his failure to stick up for the Remain voters. So, so you which, say, you which he's Yeah, he's struggling with that, Paul, aren't you? Well, no, he's no, said no. That. No, he, I'd like to see where he said, I support Brexit. Well, he didn't, where, where turn, he he didn't turn up for the rallies, did he? Turn it on its head. Where did he say he, he supported Remain when 88% of the of the, of the party's supporters back remain. Where's he stuck up for them to remain? But he said, well, "Say that percentage again. Eighty-eight percent of the what of the Labour membership." That is wrong. No, it's not. That is wrong. No, it's not. It may be eighty-eight percent in a certain town, but certainly not across the board. It's not. No, this is YouGov. YouGov. Eighty-eight percent of people who vote Labour voted to remain. Didn't vote to remain. It's a poll. The poll he's referring to is a poll of what they would do now. Oh, now that's different. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. In the referendum, in the 2016 referendum, it was two thirds, though. That's still that's still sizable, Paul. Two thirds, still sizable. So, so he's supposed to abandon completely the people who vote for leaving. Well, he's he's, he's got to do what the membership want. He's got to abandon them, people. What are you talking well, about? Well, I'm saying Have you those, been smoking those Labour crack? voters who, who 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 generally read the Sun, by the way. Uh, and led that way. Suddenly, what I think Labour, you'll find a lot of them read the Guardian. I think you'll find a lot of them who want to leave, read the Sun, 
Yeah, the the twenty odd percent that you're talking about. No, then. it's not twenty. Well, it is because no. Let David say what, what he's David, David, let's let's go through the policies though. What has he brought out that you really dislike? Besides the big thing, let's push that aside slightly. We'll come back to we'll it. We'll sweep under the carpet. No, he's we'll a shit leader. We'll, we'll, we'll come back. Just go we'll come back to, to it. Yeah, he's brought out everything that you agree with the support of the NHS, the support of education. There's nothing wrong. He's done the policies which you support. Well, no, no, there are the policies I disagree with. I mean, he was talking about coming out of NATO, which I think is outrageous. No, personally, he said, not the party. He it's tried to get party. he tried to get it put on the uh, NEC agenda to with, go in the manifesto. Dave's coming out with, with facts which aren't true. He's that's not that is he true. Absolutely, that is, is true. He personally, he's vice the president, not the party. He's vice president of CND, Paul. He's vice president of CND. Person, you can't go beyond that. But not, you two well, can't understand this. Oh, we can. A person and a party. I think we can. Is a person not allowed the personal views? Oh man! Of course, yeah. Oh man! Of course, yeah, man. Yeah, but you're not oh, allowed to. But you're not. What you're not supposed to do is subvert your position as head of a party and at a party conference, actually put it on to be proposed to be part of the manifesto for the next election. And then when the NEC go, oh no, oh no, we don't want that because it's basically electoral suicide. You bugger off for a day and have a strop and go to a momentum meeting and then turn up late just to cut, just to prove a point. In the meantime, during the afternoon, you've accepted a position as vice president of CND. What a dickhead. So you'd rather have the other two? One of the other two? No, I, I'm a Labour guy. We've just Labour? got a terrible leader. Right. He he has done things I agree with which I don't believe in, and I think you, you're sort of... You're emphasising some of the things he's done, uh, which... Oh, you, you, I can't you, ignore you're making, him. Can but I? but you're not, he's not promoting the good things as well. He's brought more more younger people to the Labour Party. Oh, are they still here now? Are they well, still on board the now? Party's it's never... lost 200,000 members over the last year. That's another fact. No, and, it's not a fact. And, oh, yes, it is. And most of them are young this people. Morning. They've got 464,000 members now, and at a peak it was about Europe. six. Labour Party is the biggest political party in Europe. Oh, dear. There you go. Oh, fact. dear. Yeah, fact. three quid. We're for a price of coffee, that's why. Well, it's the price of a cup of coffee. C- can I ask you a question, Paul? Yeah, fine away. Do you seriously think he's going to be elected? I think, a serious note, I, think, I don't think any government will be elected unless we've got an enforcer from a supporting uh, party. I don't, I don't think we're going to have... Them days have gone. I think we've turned into Italy. I think, it, or uh, in this case, Israel. Uh, I think we're going to have um, a join-up of forces like the Lib Lab Pact, hopefully, of the past. I, do, I, I actually... I want to say something here. I don't think he's a great leader at all. And there's other people... Who I would prefer, but I think he's been chastised by the press in oh, particular. Oh, here we go again. And people like here we Mike, go again. Mike, here we go again. Who has been, oh, they've been picking on him. Oh, who, who is oh, in his own childish God. ways on the other end of the microphone? Oh, Charlie. Oh, man. Uh, what we're trying to get, we, we need to get rid of oh. this right wing which has swept Europe and the world. Yeah. So we need to go extreme. Yeah, we need a leader who, who who can actually just shrug off the criticisms in the press. What's your thoughts, David? Well, I, I would say he's enabling the right wing by being so bloody useless. And anti-Semitic. And not anti-Semitic. I mean, there's another one. Did you ever hear of anti-Semitism in the Labour Party before Corbyn got in? 
There's always been a bit of racism, but it was never targeted against any one specific it's, group. It's not, and, and that's my it's problem. It's not anti-Semitic, it's Zionist. It's anti-Zionist. Yeah, well, home, well, it doesn't matter. It, it does it, matter. It, you it know he's matter. got a big but problem it, big with headline, Jewish people. The headline is that, and so you look into the details. And for example, I'll give you a clear example. This going on about vaping in America. Trump, oh, vaping, it's killed so many people, but I'm going to stop it. The reality, yeah. the reality of it is, it's ones with that CBC oil added and people messing around with it. Yeah, and and far more people die of guns every bleeding day. I, can, I couldn't agree but more. The it's outrageous. Is, Vaping's bad. Oh, it's outrageous. And this is how yeah. it is with, with the Labour Party and with. Oh uh, my the God, leader. you're co- you're comparing vaping. To, well, to that. I'm just saying that the right-wing media are, wow. are, are pushing their own agenda. For example, clear example, hey, Channel 4 the other day had the Heritage Foundation on as a as a leading light in what's going on in America. And they don't even, just search the Heritage Foundation and you'll understand right. what I'm talking about. They are behind Pence, they are behind... Yeah, yeah. Be, you know, I get who, they, who they'll be. Yeah, yeah, yeah completely right-wing. There's always a group like that. Crazy. Yeah. They were on Channel 4... As independent, like, advisors on, on what's going on in America. Well, I thought your problem was the BBC. Now we we're on exactly. Channel 4. You're kicking Channel about, 4 now. I'm t- talking about media in general. It's not covered. So, J- Jeremy Corbyn is only unsuccessful because you feel that all the press and the media are against what? him. I think, I think, really? hopefully we'll have a, a, a liberal... Well, know, Jim Callaghan got got two uh, elections uh, won have, with all the papers like, attacking him, like, right? Yes, I do like, you remember it's that? Different days, man. No, it's, it's not. No it's the same media. principles. It's not. It's a different days. Well, the social, social media, media. He should have even more people sticking up for him because every time I criticise him, I get money. a load of it's absolute morons, an army of morons attacking me. So he should be even more empowered, shouldn't he? If he's well, got he his little minions. He's just playing a game here. I'm um, not. You David, brought it who up. would you have as leader of the Labour Party? If you're not, you're going to vote Labour, but you're not, you know, not em- empowered, shall we say, by uh, Mr Corbyn. Who would you have? Well, I'd actually go for the bookies' fa- uh, favourite, and I've been saying it a long time, Keir Starmer. It's a great choice. Safe pair of hands. Um, I think a lot of people won't like this, but I think this is the modern world we live in. A lot of it is image. Yeah. He's got a, a great image. He looks like the sort of guy that would get things done. Smart, intelligent. Articulate. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's, he's worked uh, in law before, so he can argue well. Yeah. Uh, I'm not particularly bothered about knighthoods and things like that, but it carries a lot of weight with, you know, a lot of people. And this is, this is what you've got to... This is what you've got to think of. He needs to be sellable to the British public. Yeah. And I've got a lot of mates who vote in all different directions but the majority of them are traditional Labour supporters and I'd probably say about two thirds of them don't like Corbyn now when your own supporters are like that, you're onto a loser aren't you? You, you have a fair point, and, and, and I can't argue against that. Uh, it, it, the initial thing about Corbyn, I mean, the chance at festivals and all this, has died away uh, completely um, but I think it's still been Generally speaking, the media have been ridiculously harsh, and I think people like Mike don't help the cause whatsoever. I don't help the cause. He's I, supposed I, to. It's part of the I, job. I, I, if you, if you, if I, if I, I no, I'll just let me say this: if you, ta- if you say to me now, I'm going to run for mayor, I'm going to run for MP. Yeah. Can you help me with a campaign? I got a hell yeah, absolutely. Then when you got the job the first week, you came in here and you went, oh Mike, it's terrible. Newspapers are being all mean to me. You know what I'd say? Tough. You knew that going in. You've got it. It's part of your job. 
You've got to shrug it off and you've got to act in a way that doesn't fuel them. That's it. Part of the job. Uh, you just said and done, and when you got you don't well, you do know what the press can be like. I you do. do know what I've the had press it. Be like. I know what they're like. Uh, are you just, just go? I mean, just go on Facebook for God's sake, or Twitter, that. and it's all over the place. He took the job on. He took it on, and he must have known that. Well, the people like Cummings uh, in charge. Well, yeah, that, that's another story. That, that guy. I mean, he took he took on the whole Brexit thing initially, didn't he? Yep. And he changed it, and he won it for the likes of Boris Johnson to reap the rewards. And so you're battling against that, and it is thing. Obviously, it, it's it's not as simple as oh, he's terrible. He, he doesn't look good in a nice suit. He looks scruffy. It, it matters. His policies Paul, count. It matters. His policies count. Yeah, they, but they are, they are but formed by the NEC. Not, they're not his policies, are they? He's, uh, like, he's, a he's not. For it. I'm sick of a you stickler. giving. Just I'm sick like, of you giving him credit for all of the hard work that everybody in the Labour Party's putting in. The NEC. To hear you, he goes in a room and let me tell you, that guy isn't capable of putting together a policy document on his own. Not he hasn't got no the chops for it. Should do either. And no, I, I, exactly. Well, I'm there on Monday supporting our, our local uh, uh, MP. Right. And, and sporting, I, you know, I'm there. I don't just talk here on the radio show about it. Mm. I work on the, the streets with it. Yeah, and it has been a lot of nonsense said. And uh, but you'd be surprised how many people still like him. Uh, and that's like, does it matter? No, not really. But when people like you and David are just sort of fixed with this, we're not fixed. We, fixed the guy, the guy, uh, uh, followed. I didn't you might like well him. Be sun readers. I didn't like you know, him. That De- oh, you to calling us sun readers, right? Do you know what? Do you know what? He, he lost David's support. He never had mine, but he lost David's support, and that's not, that is his fault. That's not anybody else's fault. I don't know. Let David in. Let, let's, we're talking too much. Well, I think it's a bit of a, a generalisation to say that anyone doesn't like him is a, is a sun reader and has their views dictated to by the right-wing media. I think, you know... I think people have got their own minds. You know, you always have that element. You that, never uh, have your own mind. You dictate to all the time. There's research going on. Why do people advertise oh, Advertise stuff on the... Oh, oh. Why do oh my clothes? God, this is outrageous. Algorithm You've been you vaping crack today. You really have. It's insane what's coming out here. It, I have definitely got my own mind. Yeah, it, it, everybody has. He knows better than that. I mean, you, you know, you, you really think that something outrageous that's on the front cover, well, why didn't people believe the Daily Sport then? Have you ever watched the Darren Brown programme? Oh, God, oh, Please God. watch one, because... <laughs> that's one, guy's. <laughs> please watch the Unique How gullible as people uh, we are. Oh, you agree, there's, are there's some, people, the some people are, and some people still think that this guy's great, and they'll all say it, but at the end of the day... This has been the most disastrous period I can ever remember a Prime Minister going through. He's lost six, his first six votes on a three-line whip, he's lost. And that is the most disastrous start ever. He's going to be the shortest-run Prime Minister in history at this rate. I want to ask you both this question. And we're 8% to to 10% behind in the polls. I want to ask you both of you this question. First of all, to David. If we have an election, which we'll do in the next few months, and Labour lose it... Um, will 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 he go? Will the Labour Party revolt and get a new leader, or will he stay on? What's your thoughts? Um, well, <laughs> funnily enough, I was going to ask you this question as well, and I think I think Mike, with his uh, experience in the Labour Party, knows more about it than I do. He obviously uh, has had dealings with Corbyn, 
Um, I sometimes wonder whether he actually does want to be elected. I don't think he does, you know. I've always found that he he comes alive and becomes that fiery, passionate person you want in Prime Minister's question times when he's in front of a massive crowd of Momentum supporters. That's the guy you want in in, in number 10. That's the guy you want in the dispatch box across from, from the opposition. But we don't get that guy then. We only seem to get it when he's uh, he's being hero worshipped by a, a, a horde of people that all agree with every single word that he says, and that's the person that I found him to be. Somebody that, whenever we were having a discussion, if you didn't agree with him, he didn't put his point forward. He would just get up and go to the other end of the room and glower at you for half an hour, and then eventually he'd come back over. It's such a he's such an odd person. He he seems to put his own principles above the success of the Labour Party. I, I honestly believe that. And I think that when he was, we were offered the deal of, well, we will let him because we will let Labour take over as a minority government and we'll all support you. But we're not, we want a different leader like Harriet Harman if we can get together and approve a new leader. He refused that at the exact same week that those 21 rebel MPs lost their careers to do the right thing. And I think that said everything you needed to know about him. And the big question is, would he go if he loses the next election? Any other leader would. No leader has lost two general elections and stayed never. But but I feel that he has has got such a cabal around him, like Seamus Milne. Like Seamus Milne is basically the Dominic Cummings of that situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Would he allow? They're all worried about their grip and power. They think if someone like Keir Starmer gets in, he won't be as radical. He'll probably tell Seamus Milne to do one. And suddenly they've lost that, the momentum have lost the levers of power then. There's a lot at play here that we've never seen before. Uh, So, to answer the question from both of you, do you think he'll go, Mike? I think he'll try and cling on. David? Um, I'd like to think he'd go, but I don't think he will. And the other thing is, if he does go, will they get another momentum Puppet. leader? It certainly won't be Tom Watson, will it? Oh, my God. No. Another question for you is that Chris Ball's out here, and it's a hard one because we're all missing Megs. Uh, this country can change dramatically after October the 31st in many ways. Uh, never mind the Brexit, you know, say maybe a different Prime Minister, maybe Boris Johnson's remaining. Um, we're all going to. My dear, I thought we'll all give a projection now, and I thought what will happen, uh, and Tim's right at the end of it all. Um, so, how will this country look like in November, and who, well, say November, December, after election, who will be in charge? You first, David. Um, I think it'll be Boris Johnson. I hate to say it, I really do hate to say it, and the future really, really worries me. Like I said, you know, I, I work with children and I'm, I'm not going to talk about my job because of G, GDPR and my contract and things like that. But um, you know, we've got a really bad case of child poverty in this country. Yeah. Yeah. And that means children are more at risk of being taken into care, uh, more at risk of mental illness, of sexual or criminal exploitation. You know, I worry about the health service and how, how that's going with, uh, you know, rumours of it being sold to Don, Donald Trump and the homeless situation, which um, is just astounding at the moment. That's I mean, incredible. 
Manchester, I mean, I had a night out with uh, Mike and, and some of the Starburst lads uh, last year and, you know, I ended up calling an ambulance for a homeless guy in the middle of the, the pavement. And I went to, uh, I go to Liverpool every every year for Beetle Week. And the homelessness there is just, oh, it's heartbreaking. And it, I just really, really worry about where all this is going. So your thoughts are, it'd be a Boris one, Mike? I think it's it, it's fifty fifty, but if I had to choose one outcome, I would say that you Boris has still got a lot of problems, even if this court case swings his way, which would be I I, I can't say enough what yeah, damage that would be, do. Yeah. It's not just about this government and this situation. If that becomes common law, and it will because the it's future. the Supreme Court. Yeah then that means that any Prime Minister in the future, you will end up with a dictator because they, their powers will not be able to be controlled anymore. Whereas if they rule that he should have sought permission of some kind, uh, some cross-party permission to do this the way that he did it, then, then at least he's constrained and it will prevent this sort of stuff from happening again. Now, if doesn't fall if it does fall his way then he's going to be a bit more empowered but i still think he's got problems i think that you've got he won't get a deal he won't get that deal he's, he's they've been trying to get this deal for two and a half years he won't get that deal and i think that at some point he's gonna have to just go to the people for a general election he's yeah, gonna have to yeah. now he could actually do an act of parliament but then he's constrained to the date that he has to hold it on at that point. Uh, that's the difference. The only way that he can alter the date and mess about that everyone's worried about is if it goes through on the two-thirds vote. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, believe, yeah. I believe that in November that we will be on the run-up to a general yeah. election. And, that's what I think. And the result being? The result... <laughs> I think it may be um, Liberal and Labour alliance. I'd like to think so. My thoughts. That's are, the best case yeah, scenario. I'd like to think so. I'd like to think but so. But I'm with David on the. That's my nightmare I version. I think there are loads and loads of. I don't care. Stupid people around who will vote. Oh, look at Boris doing it. Sorted out. Big storming. And these people are stupid. Yeah. There's no question about this it. Is the, well, well, you've pro you've I, got that. That even if and you Boris will win. Well, if you did, well, you may be right on that. The thing is, the problem is, the problem is here that Labour are too far behind the bloody polls for for what's just gone on. They should be twenty percent ahead. They should be storming ahead. This should be nineteen ninety seven all over again. But it's not, and it's not, and it and it can. And I can say this: there's one little part. I don't want to blame it all on Corbyn because there must be one or two other matters that's holding people back from supporting Labour, not just him. I suspect there may be other it's things. It's betrayal by the media. Betrayal by the media. Oh, That's my view. That. David, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Uh, um, anytime, just give us a bell and you're on the show. OK, thanks a lot. You're always welcome. It's not usually this raucous. But David... <laughs> it's just he's in a weird mood today. We'll speak to you again. Take care. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. That was the uh, wonderful... Um, what's Mr called? David Geldard. Yeah, and he's also a writer as well. As yes, well. yep. Yeah, but, he's, but he's... He's uh, a good guy. He's, well, the, he's the exact person that all of this is centred around, that 
good person that's trying to Decent do the best, bloke. who's got a career that's helping other people, and he's, he sees because of the position he's in teaching, he sees all of the, the bad stuff that's happening at the moment, and he can see the cuts, he, the austerity has horrified him. I've had conversations, he told me some horrible stuff that's gone on. Uh, right, let's play a clip. This is uh, the Liberal Democrats' launch yesterday. The political wheel of fortune is turning and the Liberal Democrats think they can end up on top at the looming general election. A bit of chanting, so please do head up the hill. Several Conservative and Labour MPs have defected to the party following the Brexit fallout, with more rumoured tonight at the party's conference in Bournemouth. Our door is always open to people who share our values. We're looking forward to a very optimistic, good conference. Sun shining outside, shining inside too. The Lib Dem leader, Joe Swinson, says she backs a new pluralist politics. But there are challenges. The chairwoman of the party's LGBT plus group has quit in protest after former Conservative Minister Philip Lee was welcomed into the Lib Dems despite in the past backing an amendment banning migrants with HIV from entering the UK. Obviously it was his amendment that he put forward on HIV plus migrants and I found that extremely homophobic and xenophobic but also quite a lot of the rest of his voting record was just, it's a voting record that's fine if you're a Tory but it's not in the slightest bit liberal. So I had a lot of concerns about his previously stated views. Mr Lee will meet LGBT activists this week and the party attempted to defuse the row with announcements on equal marriage. I've met with members of the PLUS community. Um, clearly, we need to listen to their concerns, take them very seriously. We've already learned from them, and I feel very confident that, you know, had Philip Lee been an MP with the Liberal Democrats six years ago at the time when these amendments were put down, that those conversations that he's now having as part of our member-led Liberal Democrat conference, maybe he would have thought differently about how some of those amendments were phrased. Whatever the tensions, the party leadership believes the rising tide of opposition to Brexit will lift all boats here. The Lib Dems are defining themselves with a bold proposal to revoke Article 50 altogether. They'll vote on that tomorrow. Well, with me now is the former Conservative MP Sarah Wollaston, who left the Tories for the new Change UK party in February and joined the Lib Dems a month ago. Um, we're hearing a lot about a potential defection yes. tonight. Uh, do you know who it is? Uh, no, I don't, but I do know there are a lot of very unhappy Conservative colleagues and former colleagues. And I would say just look at this. This place is like a breath of fresh air, and this party is too. So I hope that many more of them will follow. Are you talking to some of the so-called Rebel Alliance who voted to block no deal, a no-deal Brexit? I've spoken to very many um, Conservative colleagues who are deeply unhappy about the direction of the party, and any one of them I'd be delighted to see come across and join us. Quite a lot of unhappy mm -hmm. activists here, though, about really? Philip Lee, your uh, former Conservative colleague, and his stance uh, on gay rights. Um, your stance on welfare might cause some alarm as well. I mean, the party here has been talking about welfare mm -hmm. today. You voted quite, quite often to cut welfare benefits. Uh, of course. And I mean, I think that I regret that we didn't end austerity sooner. Of course I do. And I think the point is now, where are we right now? Of course, going forward, we need to be in a position to reverse austerity. And it's going to be absolutely impossible to do that if we go into a catastrophic no deal. But a 
uh, former Conservatives mm. like you, are you cuckoos in the nest in the Lib Dems? No, not or at all. No, not at all. And in fact, of course, many of us were arguing for years about changes. In fact, I did, um, was the sole Tory to vote against one of the important changes that we wanted to see in universal credit. So I did vote against the party line for that and have spent a long time arguing for changes. So uh, the, the point is that you stay within a party and you get to the point where you realise that, that trying to change things from within is no longer possible. The party has moved in such a different place that you realise that it's time to leave. So you feel now you're, you've found your I spiritual feel, home? I've, I feel like I've come home. And as I say, this is like sunshine and a breath of, breath of fresh air. To have a, have a party that genuinely is interested in having evidence-led policy making, listens to its members, votes on policies, uh, unlike the Conservative Party conference where you were pretty much told uh, what the policy was going to be. It was formulated in a, in a small room with no reference to those of us in the party who'd been speaking and campaigning on things like health and social care for years. Well, a vote tomorrow on Brexit. You've long spoken out for a second referendum. The leadership here doesn't want any of that, wants to just revoke Article well, this 50. Is, this is the position if we're in a general election. Of course, if we have have a second referendum. Unequivocally, the Double Democrats will be voting to remain in the European Union. But if we get to a general election without a second referendum, then the position has to be absolutely clear, and that will be a vote for the Liberal Democrats is to stop Brexit. Isn't that pretty illiberal, actually, and undemocratic? When people have voted in a mm. referendum, and you're just going, well, cancel that, we're just going to make you do it again. I think people are sick and tired of Brexit. Absolutely. People say to me more than anything else, just make it go away, make it stop. And, um, and they're really deeply unhappy. No particular version of Brexit has majority support either in Parliament or in the, in the wider country. And people now have much more information about the scale of the damage, for example, from No Deal. If you look at the Yellowhammer documents, it's staggering that any sensible government would even dream of inflicting that kind of chaos. But isn't that the mood isn't shifting in the country, is it? Voters remain voters and not sort of... Sorry, leave voters, not in droves. Back in remain now. Uh, but what I would say is that those, when we get to a general election those voters will be able to vote for a party that supports their position. And so I don't agree that it's undemocratic to make this part of a general election. We would, we've always said we'd prefer to have a referendum because then you can separate out the issue of Brexit. But we all accept we're heading for a general election and when that happens we want people to be clear. We don't want the chaos of the Labour position or a cliff edge. We want clarity of saying that we would, we would end stop Brexit. Briefly on mm -hmm. top stories tonight, you said voters were sick and tired of talking about Brexit. Well, David Cameron says it's left him feeling depressed. Do you believe that he regrets well, what happened? I, I think he should be regretting the conduct of the campaign itself and the lack of clarity about exactly what Brexit meant. And we now know that it wasn't the easiest deal in history, that you can't have a cake and eat it Brexit. There's a whole series of trade-offs and compromises, and that was never properly spelt out to people. So I, I'm not surprised he's having some sleepless nights because the division's been horrendous. Sarah Wallison, thanks Thank very you. much for joining us. Uh, she has some good points. Um, we, yeah, she has some some really valid points as well, which is obvious until it was misfed information from the beginning. I agree but on that. I also agree that they 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 cheated. They they broke the law. Um, as you know, they overspent. Yeah, got proven. Nothing's overspent. happened about it though. No, Nothing's that happened. isn't that weird because that invalidates it. I mean, if you run against a, an opponent and you've both got a cap of ten million pounds spending for the for the you know the election yeah. and you spend 20 and you get elected by cheating and then afterwards it turns out that you've that's why 
you, you did double the amount of, of spend on me and I lost. Why, why would that still stand? Why would that election still stand? The whole point is it's got to be a level playing field, but what Aaron Banks pumped but has, money into... Hasn't this proved, though, leave. that we, we are sort of delusional what we believe in the land... What, that cheating we, that, pays? Well, yes. It does. We, uh, we live in a land it where does. We, we, you know, we, we believe what's right is right. Um, there's nice people. I mean, like David before. He, yeah. he, he, you know, he comes across, I don't know him that well. I met mm. him a couple of times. Mm. Um, he comes across as a real nice guy. Mm. You, and, and I like to think, I'm all right. And yeah. I certainly know you are. Yeah. And we like justice and all that stuff. But in reality, what it's it boils not down us, to There's it, not as many of us as you think. Facebook Certain makes you think everybody thinks the same way yeah. as you. That's a dangerous thing, Facebook, because that that of all of them targets uh, on your timeline. They're all it's everybody. Everybody thinks like you, don't they? Everybody's nice like you. Everybody's and and that's what it's like. It's the algorithms picking similar people out. Uh, so even if you know two hundred people and you know forty odd arseholes that you don't really like that well, it knows to leave them off your timeline. Yeah. Because yeah. the, yeah. the following. So we, we, we live in this land uh, in our heads where we think that the world's great and it's justice uh, is is part of the UK. And in reality, it's not, is it? Because they can bring out a big word. That's what tourists do. They change something, bring out a big word. So you don't quite understand it. Well, likes of me, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't understand yeah, it. It's protectionism. Uh, uh, and they could change change everything. Hmm. And it's just wrong. And, and what I do believe that, you know, what America does, we, do, we follow. Um, I'm sad to say. Uh, in America, it's crazy now. So let's talk about the United States. What's oh. going on there, Mike, at the moment? Oh well, at the moment, he's been a, he's been a very busy boy, hasn't he, Trump? Um, I mean, the the reaction to that storm was, in my opinion, lackluster. I mean, you're looking for leadership, and and all the guy did for the entire duration of the storm was was get involved in this stupid argument over drawing. He did it. He made a mistake. He said it was heading to Alabama, and it wasn't heading to Alabama. It was so an then, early report. So probably. then, yeah, it, well, maybe the very early reports, but you'd think he'd know the exact yeah. up-to-date reports because he's a president and he's briefed, and you know he's not listening to anybody. And then, so, so all of a sudden, you've got a situation where he goes. It's a press conference, and somebody's drawn the a little bit on the end with a sharpie pen. And everybody in the White House have thrown him under. Yeah, it looks like a bell end. It does, and they everybody threw him under the bus. So instead of dealing with uh, trying to build up people and protect them and make them feel okay, like the country's safe, don't worry, all of you, you'll be you'll be dealt with. Uh, FEMA will get there and help you. Instead of offering support, he's spent the entire period of that storm arguing with with the fake news over them demonising him. Uh, when in actual fact he was an idiot who drew something on a map mm. because he couldn't admit, oh, I got that wrong. What an idiot. So then you've got that. Then you've got Bolton's gone. We covered that last week. So he's been replaced by somebody I, I'm not that familiar with. I mean, he seems to me to be a um, quite a placid, sort of not a hawkish person. And I've got a clip as well about him dithering, really, and contradicting himself on Iran. 
And I wanted to ask you about Iran as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, no, Iran, Saudis, I've got a lot to say about Iran. Uh, well, we've only got a, a few minutes left, say. I'm sad to say. But well, I can get across what I've said. Do you want me to do it now? Do it now. Right, What's well, the problem is when that, yeah, everybody's all been going on about nuclear war, nuclear war, and weapons, shouldn't let them get nuclear weapons. Well, do you know what? You can, from satellites, see fusion going on. You can follow what they're doing. You can keep an eye on them very easily. But while all, everybody's been running about, arguing over these sanctions, arguing over, over the nukes and, and not giving them a nuclear weapon. Yeah, it turns out they've been building drones and this attack is absolutely... Yeah, I'm pretty certain it's come it's from impressive. Iran. It's yeah. impressive. It's impressive. It, what do you think? Impre- Paul, yeah. it's terrifying. Of course it is. Do you, you know that it's those, impressive. Yeah, well, do you know the drones are the same drones that the US are using, the very similar drones. Yeah, okay. They have now got drone capability. They can take... Um, cruise missiles yep. and deliver them pinpoint accuracy to a target with a drone. Do you know what? They can blow up London if they want. Right now Iran can launch one of those drones and fly it into London and take down Big Ben and Parliament if they want to. That's the power they've got. And all the time that we were worrying about them be, oh, shall they have nukes? So they've been quietly building dr- a drone capability. They've now got drones. They can deliver deadly Missiles to anywhere they could even end up, they could get to America. There you go, mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you think they won't have something for them to refuel on on the way with all what's going on with the tankers? I don't think they can get direct, but mm, they can refuel on specially I built tankers. Been, I think it's slightly been going over the top there by saying they can get to America from um, well, you can from the continent. Of well, the America have, have bombed the Middle East from uh, out. Yeah, Nellis Air Force the, Base. Yes, well, they have. It's scary. It's scary. You know though. they have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely. They bombed Syria from there. Um, how do you think that one will turn out with crystal ball again? Oh. Can you see war head? Yeah, for some reason I don't think Trump wants war. He doesn't want war because he wants his re-election. But would he want war when he's got nothing to lose? If he gets re-elected next year and he's back in for his next term in 2020, he's got four years and he doesn't have to worry. That, this doesn't worry me between now and then because you've got an opposite house that's blocking him at every turn. The courts are blocking him. There's only a certain amount of carnage that he can do. Whereas... If he actually does win, by any fluke, he gets in and he's way behind in the polls at 38% approval rating and no president has ever won re-election. That's worse than Jimmy Carter. That's worse than than any of the one-term presidents have had to face. If he wins re-election, he's nothing to lose. He's nothing to lose at that point. He he doesn't have to worry about re-election. He's that narcissistic that he won't be appointing a successor. He doesn't no, care no, about no. the Republican Party getting the next no, election. No, no. He won't care. He'll just want them four years. He will do a cash grab for his own means. And you've already seen what he's been up to with uh, this scam that he's got going with this airfield that, that gives a kickback to his his uh, Impeachment, will it happen? It's unbelievable. Uh, it's underway now, isn't it? It started. It started now. It may, it may, but I don't think they've got time to impeach him. I don't think they've got time to impeach him before the, the election. Just like Boris Johnson, he can make up his own rules and change yeah. it. Correct. Bring out a big word. Yeah. Oh, he he, he makes the words up. Him. <laughs> he he doesn't. He can't use big words. He we makes his own words. Two up. minutes left as well. Bigly. Um, uh, thank you to David Galdan, who's been on the show uh, this uh, this evening. Um, Tell friends, tell people, uh, get some five star reviews going, please, on, on the podcast. That'd be wonderful as well. That would be fantastic. Um, but final two words, and we'll talk more about, about Israel. Um, what's going on there? Do you think 
will still be continuing. I mean, one of the biggest things that I was watching last night was um, the religious sign. I can't remember the name of the party. Uh, there were people were just saying, oh, "We got told now to vote such a way, so we're going to vote that way." Yeah, because well, they've had some impact on what they've been. Given. Netanyahu will not. He's another one where I said about about. Corbyn. I think he's lost. By the way, I don't know the results. I'm not even looked today. I think I don't think he's lost. I think it's very close. Uh, but there's people against him. There's people against him. The problem with that bloody election is it's it's more confusing than anything you could ever imagine there's so many of these parties that get they'll get 20 seats someone will get 70 seats someone will get 15 seats and they spend literally weeks arguing where the with everything in paralysis i just hope netanyahu doesn't get in well i, say, I hope he, he to me has been the, the person behind this old hold i'm gonna call it it's conspiracy awful. around the anti-semitic Anti-Semitic views of, yeah. of the Labour Party. He's yeah. helped that as well. Of and course, pushed yeah. Them, he, he, and pushed he, and promoted that. Because so it's if, a right-wing government. Yeah. Okay, because he wants the power to stop somebody like me on a politics show like this from saying, I don't like the Israeli government exactly. because he uses the word anti... Yeah, yeah. Mike Royce is an anti-Semitic host of the Mancunian candidates because he calls out the right-wing policies of Netanyahu's government. Well, yeah, and then it must be then because he it's a really bad government. It's a nasty, hawkish, vindictive government that's been been raining terror on the Palestinians for the past 10 years. So, They're going much and, and, longer than and, that, but the and, last 10 years in particular. And the Labour Party. Yeah, and the Labour Party. They, they, they've... Look, you know exactly you what's going on. Me? I do agree with that. I agree with that totally. I think that they've they've overblown it. But he's as bad Corbyn, unfortunately. He well, hates them as much as they hate him. On that note, we'll say goodbye. Um, my name's Paul Ripley. And I'm Mike Royce. And we'll see you next week.